Welcome to episode three of the Stories for Glory podcast, where we, we will discuss the glory of God hidden in the stories of man. Today's episode, we're talking about a 2019 film by Terrence Malick called A Hidden Life. It is a, story ba- it is a film based on a true story of a man named Franz. Right. Franz was an Austrian farmer, um, like Joe said, in the World War II era. Um, and at that time, as Germany was overtaking uh, bordering countries, uh, Austria was one of those countries that they were requiring some form of uh, allegiance to Hitler. And Franz, based off of his convictions, um, refused to um, submit to those laws. And the rest of the film really is about his the consequences of those decisions. Um, for really in the story, it's it seems like for the worse, but we know in the end that uh, death does not have the final say. So spoiler: Franz does die. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> not too big of a spoiler if you know history, <laughs> right? If you know history, you, you refuse to bow the knee to Hitler. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, I mean, just really well done, and, you know, just walking through all of the, the struggles that he experiences, that his family experiences, um, how he's left at times alone. He's, um, the church has failed him. You know, and he finds his source of strength from his faith, um, from his family. And then there are a handful of characters in there, too, that are important friends, you know, even while he's in prison. Um, you know, and so that's kind of just a, a, a really brief synopsis. Um, and I think we want to talk more about what are the glories that come through in the film. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I saw it as uh, different takes on uh, the temptation of Christ, Satan tempting Christ in the wilderness, or his the passion of Christ um, going through the whole crucifixion scene, um, the temptation there in, in Gethsemane to give in, just give in, just give in, or the suffering of Job. Um, just curse God and die. Yeah. And he did draw strength from his family for a large part, but eventually like, like with Job, how it all fell away. His mom turned against him. And finally his wife in frustration even turned against him Mm -hmm. um, and just wanted him to just, yeah curse God and die. Just give in, just go hide in the woods, just run away. Just what, you know, give up your principles. Is it really worth it? Right. And we need you here on the farm. Right. The daughters need a a father. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's where I saw like Satan tempting Christ in the wilderness. And why do you, why do you got to go through this? I can give you all the kingdoms of the earth right now. Just bow down, just sign the paper. All this suffering will go away. It, uh, watching a movie like this on a, on the level of a man and and his wife and the beautiful marriage that they have and the the idyllic place they lived with their family. And, um, you see, on his level, the level of suffering he went through 
and then I don't know, it makes you appreciate because you can read through the temptation of Christ in scripture. But if you see this guy suffering, this mere mortal suffering over here, I think it offers insight to the level of the temptation that Christ went through when Satan was offering him the shortcuts hmm. that Franz was being offered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, one of the interesting parts that stuck out to me was Franz isolation. Even when he's surrounded by people in the village or at the church or even in the prison, he he's alone in his convictions and in his faith. The village, well, aside from his wife, the village turns against him in the church. The church abandons him, mm-hmm. you know, quoting Romans 13. Mm-hmm. And then even in the prison, he's surrounded by lunatics. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's in the prisons, there's Christians who refuse to submit to Hitler and do evil like Franz, and they also incarcerated insane people. And when Franz is in prison, he doesn't have a brother. All he has around him are these lunatics, these crazy people. So throughout the whole movie, because of the consequences of his decision, he's isolated, he's alone. And that, that again, I think speaks to what you're talking about, the temptation of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, the sufferings of Job, that when... When a Christian experiences the dark night of the soul, when we feel like God has abandoned us, there's a level of isolation there. Where the only thing that you do have left is the faith, faith that you have in the Father and the courage of your convictions to see it through no matter what. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. There's quite a bit. I mentioned Romans 13 in the, in the church. There's quite a bit. In this movie, that if I I didn't know when we watched it the first time that it was based on a real person, I thought that it was a more of a thematic film, you know, using the era of World War II to talk more about what's going on today, because many of the themes play back and forth between the two time periods, and uh, so that mean and then later on when I found out that this is based Franz Jägerstadter is was a real man is a real man, he's alive and well with the Lord. (laughs) Death did not beat him, neither did Hitler. But that that raises up some of the glory in the film uh, when it comes to the individual faith, even standing against a church that refuses to remain loyal to Jesus. And one of the beauties of the film, one of the glories of the film is the faith of one man. And what that one man can do. And I think of in church history guys like Athanasius, which we have the, the Latin phrase Athanasius contramundum, when which means Athanasius against the world, when he stood against the world, when he said that Jesus is both God and man. So because of Athanasius's stance on the divinity of Christ and the humanity of Christ, we have the Nicene Creed, which we which we say every Sunday. Right. And because of the faith of that one man, uh, the course of history changed for the church. But also because of that one man, it, we, re- we say contramundum, that he's against the world. But when we say contramundum, Athanasius stood against the church. Like, what world are we talking about? And Franz was against the world as well. And when he faced Hitler, but he also faced the church. 
and it was the courage of his convictions uh, that led him to stand against both. So we have, maybe this would be a good uh, thing to talk about, the, the oppressive tyranny of civil authorities and the cowardly nominalism of a church. And what are faithful men, faithful women, and families supposed to do? And that, I think it's one of the glories that comes out of this right. story, this film. So, Greg, you already mentioned, uh, at least in this scenario, their their beautiful marriage. Mm-hmm. How does that? How do you think that relates to Fran- Franz's stance <clears throat> against the world? I don't know. <laughs> Help me out. Well, you were the one who said beautiful marriage. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that night. We watched it, the three of us. Uh, that. <clears throat> the strength of a good man can be built up by the strength of his wife. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Those kinds of things. The yeah. support of your, his wife in that whole process was, I mean, foundational. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I would probably relate with Franz. I think we were talking just even before this. Like, you know, that would be the biggest challenge for myself in living a principled life. You know, and part of, part of what makes this so... I guess, powerful, you know, is you're seeing a really a, a, a real life story being played out in a very beautifully done way. Mm-hmm. And there's times when I think about if I was put in that situation, it would be my family and my worries and my concerns for them. And Jonah, you know, I had mentioned this as well, that you have to trust them to the Lord. But that would be where that would be my weak point is if I didn't have my wife on board with me, I feel like I would want to succumb, you know, and, and in that movie, she is, she is strong. She shows her weakness. You know, she has those moments where she even tries to say, you can be a medic, Franz. You can, mm-hmm. you can serve as a medic. Yeah, you, know, you don't just have to fight. Just <clears throat> compromise. Yeah, just go. Because you can see once the, it goes from, he's called up to training. Then I think there's, reading some of the history, I think there's three or four years and then they call him back up. To, for active duty. For active say. duty. And that's when he has to mm-hmm. hail Hitler. You know, that's when he has his pledges allegiance and that's when it kind of becomes real for her as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's when the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the wife having a wife, like Brownie, you know, is crucial. Yeah. Yeah. A man, a man can stand and be bold on top of a mountain against all the enemies of the world. If his wife is behind him. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. It's very important. It's also a, that reminds me of the picture of how Adam should have been in the garden, mm-hmm. even though, you know, Fanny was saying, just do this, just do that, just give in. Mm-hmm. Or Eve was mm-hmm. saying, here, take a bite of this. Right. You know, Adam should have stuck to his principles. To, to what he knew it was right. Yes. So yeah. no, no matter what the devil says, or you're deceived, Eve was deceived, she was tricked. So no matter what the devil says, yeah. or your loved one who's tricked, if you know what God says, you always go with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Even right. over a quote unquote minor thing, like taking a bite of a fruit. Yeah. What's the big deal? Signing just, a paper. It's just yeah. being a medic or it's just signing a paper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You kind of see that at the end of the, you know, at the very end when she goes to visit him and the lawyer's trying to convince him. He just can't do it. And it's just like, it's just gut wrenching. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you're just encouraged by it. 
you know, watching mm-hmm. his principles and convictions playing out and his wife, you know, knowing she, she redeems herself at the end. Yeah, because don't do it. You could see her, she was torn up mm-hmm. seeing him fall out of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And the, as the viewer, you're thinking, okay, lay it on him, you know, <laughs> just sign the paper. But yeah. <laughs> all she said was, I love you. Do what's right. Do what's right. Do what's yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that said a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and so, and the village stood against him, uh, which the village standing against him means his family suffered consequences. Mm-hmm. So there were scenes, villagers were stealing food from his family, spitting on the wife, kids bullying his kids. So there's consequences. So the faith, this is what I think is pretty important too. The faith of an individual has consequences for those around him, for good or bad. So if you compromise your faith, that's going to think about, we were talking just a minute ago about uh, the idea of caving in because we want to see our families taken care of. Mm-hmm. And when, when you guys were talking about that, I thought, me as a, if I was a young boy and I saw my dad with that kind of courage, oh. I'd be happy that he's my dad Yeah. rather than a compromiser. Mm-hmm. He, when I think of compromisers, I think of like Grima Wormtongue, you know, from the Lord of the Rings, just a sniveling little green skinned, <laughs> you know, just this little itty bitty monster who just goes around compromising to make people happy. When you think of somebody brave, think of all the characters and pe- people in the Bible, characters in your favorite stories who are brave. It's always a process of sacrifice. <clears throat> and so when the village turns against you in that way, which we would today, we don't really live in villages like that, but it'd be our families and friends. Mm-hmm. They would turn against us for remaining loyal to Jesus, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, this is like going back to the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus says, blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake, for the sake of righteousness. And that's exactly what is happening to his family. So he's being persecuted in prison, but at the same time, because of his faith, which gives his family faith, mm-hmm to do what's right, they're being persecuted as well. And the interesting thing about biblical faith is that Jesus says, rejoice. Mm. Which I think we all would agree at the table, that's a very hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People are stealing <clears throat> stealing your food. Right. You know, your food for the winter that you have for your family. You're yeah. getting spit on, your kids are getting beat up. You're, right. How can your, your husband's gone? Mm-hmm. And yet the, the glory of suffering for the sake of Jesus is something that the Father will reward us for, not man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I appreciated that aspect of the communal life in the village the, in a real picture of it. Right. And then the, the title of the movie is A Hidden Life. And I think that's uh, also the main theme of the movie is this guy didn't, he wasn't a world-renowned figure. Um, he suffered in obscurity. He, he gave up his life in obscurity. And that's what the people were telling him the whole time. No one knows about you. You're not going to affect the outcome of the war. This is going to amount to nothing. And, and the bishop even said, or was it the mayor? I forget. One of those men. One of the men a man in office. Your sacrifice will benefit no one. Right. right. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Which would wear on a person when you start weighing. Is there any 
real consequence to me giving up my life. Right. But the, just the, the suffering of, uh, I mean, we know of John Calvin, we know of Martin Luther, we know of the, the big names throughout history, but history is filled with the hidden lives of people who've suffered right. in obscurity. And, it, and I think it, it reminded me that, uh, this is going to sound weird, but outside of the, the Spirit's work, outside of the resurrection, and outside of uh, the inspiration of the New Testament, Christ died in obscurity in some, some village in the Middle East. Yeah, some Jew. Put to death between two thieves. Of all the hundreds and maybe thousands of Jews who were crucified right. by Rome. Right. I mean, he was a, a no-name, world, world, worldwide speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, his life was a hidden life. Right. Um, Which the, the Spirit brought out. Right. The glory of his life for the rest of the world. Just yeah. like Franz. Is, so 80, he died in 1943. It's 2022. Set, did I do my math right? Yeah. Yeah. Six, yeah. 80. 80 years about. And we're celebrating and talking about this one man right now. Yeah. As the Christian church in Montana. Right. Right. So his, his life sacrifice will benefit no one. Well, the bishop, he's got his foot in his mouth. Right. <laughs> Again, because the spirit brought him out of obscurity and put him on a world stage through the work of Terrence Malick. And... Yeah. Yeah. So there's, so there's the man standing against the world. Well, in our minds, right, as Americans, if a guy like Hitler rose up, it'd be easy like to tell him no, because we, we know Hitler from past. So standing against Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Easy peasy standing against your village. That's a little harder. Standing against the church, that's even harder yet. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, standing against the church. What what lessons can we learn from the from Franz's life and from the state of the church in Austria at the time? What does one man's faith look like? Um, what I noticed was once the church doesn't stand with Christ anymore, in the movie, they just became... Uh, a handmaid of the state. Mm-hmm. They looked his his visit with the bishop looked just like his visit with the, the German whatever German he was. Court. Yeah. Right. I mean it was the same same the rooms looked the same. The attitude of the person in charge was the same. Uh, the yeah, the church is worth nothing more than to be thrown out and trampled if uh it doesn't stand with Christ. And how to measure that right it takes a lot of wisdom because that's another fear i have is we need to apply wisdom today lest we end up being like the villagers and going against people that may be on principle standing against the government right yeah we probably saw some of that play not just recently in our own you know Last couple of years. Last couple of years, you know, you have just well, a handful of pastors. Yeah, just up north, mm-hmm. northern Montana, also known as Canada. Right. <laughs> pastors getting arrested right. for having church services. Yep. yep. And how many um, churches down here in America were chastising those right. men? Yep. Just go along. Your government says not yep. to meet. You can't meet. You know, Romans thirteen. Your yep. your sacrifice benefits nobody. You getting arrested yep. benefits nobody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so it's a very similar scenario. Well, not as violent yet. Right. But in principle, similar scenarios. The when it comes to the church, were you gonna say something? Well, just history is history is uh, well not crystal clear, but very clear when you look back. Like you said, oh, it was Hitler. Oh yeah, of know. course. Right. But he had thousands of people that adored him, millions, and followed. Right. Yeah, thought he was the greatest thing. Right. Or just didn't have the you know. I mean, when you think about the church, just not the backbone. I think there was a scene in that movie where. Yeah, they're cowards, right? Yeah, they're cowards. Who will not inherit the kingdom. Right. And with the painter, you know, I think he had said that the church had done a really good job of creating, you know, followers or admirers of Christ, not followers. You know, and that was, you know, a pretty turning point in them. It was after that scene that Franz goes and he says, Freud Hitler, which I'm assuming is like a four letter F word. German, you know. Yeah. Well, tell tell our audience who the what the painter. You said the painter, and he is a painter. But what's he painting? Where is he? Like that that yeah, helps. He's paint, sorry, he's painting in the church. You know, he's he's touching the, up the frescoes. Yeah, all the architecture. Yeah, the painted windows. Right. Yeah, he's the, the facade of the church. You know, and so I thought that was really significant as well. And the the working class painter, blue collar. God gave Franz more courage of his faith than the bishop. Right. <laughs> so that was just after he met with the bishop, right? Right. Yep. And Fanny was out walking in the garden at that time mm-hmm. when Franz was talking with the artist, the painter. And the painter said that he paints, he gives the people what they want, and he's ashamed of it because his whole life he's been painting the comfortable Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Rather than the true one. Yeah. Because the people aren't, they don't want the true Jesus. Right which is the one who's crucified for his uh, commitment to the Father's will, to do what's right. Right. Yeah. right. Which when we say do what's right, when we've been saying that, we mean obey the Father. Mm-hmm. That, that's what's right. That's what's right. always right. No matter, right, no matter what your circumstances are, yeah. obeying the Father is what's right. And that's, that seems, does seem to be a turning point where right. he was w- uh, waffling to give in or not. But then when he meets with the artist, which I don't know if, if that really happened or not. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, and I think there I think that when you're saying when you're talking about the doing what's right, there's also a scene in the movie um, where Franz is, you know, basically given the ultimatum. Um, he's meeting with this German lawyer that, you know, holds his life in his hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He right. tells Franz, you know, just sign the paper mm-hmm. and you will be free. And that's the temptation moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And Franz, Franz's answer, which is, you know, amazing, you know, for, for, for a guy that uh, at times struggles with being principled, mm-hmm. he says, already am free. You know, I am free. Yeah, I am free. I'm free in prison. I'm free in chains. I'm free headed to the guillotine because I cannot go against my conscience. Right. You know, that's... which is a very Pauline <laughs> statement. Right. You know, like when you read in the New Testament and you see Paul. And everybody, everybody tries to stop Paul. The devil tries to stop Paul. Uh, the Pharisees try to stop Paul. They even plot assassinations on his life. You know, the Roman, the Greeks try to stop Paul. They stone him. Or they don't stone him. They put him in prison. The Jews stone him. But like every time something bad happens to Paul, he rejoices. And every time he gets put in prison, he converts the guards. You know, you, you stone him to death, and Jesus raises him back up. You put him in chains, and he sings psalms. 
that you just can't stop Paul because he's free. He's a free man. He's free indeed. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you do, it's like what Jesus says to not fear those who can harm the body, but they can't touch the soul. Right. And Franz, I think, starts to gather that courage of conviction, that understanding of faith. When that German lawyer says, just sign the paper and I can set you free. Uh And he says, I'm already free. Yeah, that's part of the, the painter also says something else about, that painter is a very pivotal moment Mm -hmm. for the film. He says something else about the relationship between Austria and Germany, that the, the people of the comfortable church, the nominal church, the comfortable Jesus, they see the men of Austria who pledge loyalty to Germany and going to war. He says they see them as saints. And those who, who aren't going along with that narrative, who refuse to submit to Hitler and who go away in chains, the artist says, maybe they're the real saints. And then later on in the film, when Franz is in prison, the, the corridors are all dark through the prison hall. And the only light that you can see, the way that Terrence Malick orchestrates the scene, the only light that you can see is the camera pans from left to right is the light inside of each cell where the prisoners are. So the whole, the whole German prison, which is in Berlin, didn't he get, he got brought to Berlin. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is just black, it's dark. And the only light you can see are where the saints are, <laughs> where Franz is. He has the light. He has the life. He has the truth. And so those are some of the, the glorious things. And can I have like a pastor moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do you want to say anything else? Uh, you Go have ahead. your pastor moment. Oh, well, my pastor <clears throat> moment. Because sometimes we think, and I don't know why we think this way. That maybe it's because we think we're so important in ourselves. But we think suffering is the worst. But we think that dying is the worst. or that, And perhaps that's because we think this life is the most important. And I don't mean that in like a Gnostic, flighty, oh, heaven is just going to be grand. I mean that in this life is fleeting because it's Adamic. It's, it's in the fallen flesh. And the promise is that we're going to have resurrection. That's the more glorious thing. And so if you suffer, to put it in perspective, Christians ought to say suffering ain't so bad. Because was it, it might have been Whitfield, George Whitfield, I'm probably wrong, who said that no matter your worst suffering in this life as a Christian, that's the only hell you will ever experience. Mm -hmm. And it has an end date. Franz suffering in the prison in Berlin had an end date. And he will never suffer again. And we think like, oh, I'd cave if, or if they did this to me, I'd, or if they came after my family, I'd I'd have to. And we have such a, and that myself included, we have such a narrow vision of what God is capable of doing that we think our six months of suffering in prison or 30 minutes at the hands of a torturer is itself the world. Mm-hmm. When it isn't, you, you only have to die once. And Franz, he did it well. <laughs> yes, did. Right, so there, that's my pastoral moment. Uh, die well. You only have to do it once. So what were you going to say? I was going to say pretty much that. Good. Just in less words. Second witness. (laughs) So you're saying this life is but a vapor? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was 
thinking the same thing. Uh, it was convicting. The movie was convicting. Mm-hmm. It makes you realize how tightly we hold this life. Are we really ready to give up our life, to lose our life so that we can keep it? Yeah. And how lightly we take our allegiances and our words, our principles, you know, how how we casually go through life. And, uh, you know, because it's been so comfortable living in a uh, mostly Christian society for so long that mm-hmm. Largely, we've never really been challenged on our principles. Right. So. Yeah, not yet. And there's that scene, too, kind of this, like, maybe with his friend. We chat about this a little bit beforehand. The lunatic. The lunatic. He's kind of crazy, but he's also kind of Franz's friend. And they're getting ready to go to the guillotine. Or maybe he's the only sane one. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and he just says, you know, as you're standing there getting ready to have your head cut off, you know, just imagine you know, as it's getting chopped off, that as it's falling to the ground, you catch it mm. and you're putting it back on your body. Mm-hmm. And that really is a and, picture. And then he said, and you're free. And you're free. Right. You yes. only have to die once. Only have to die once. And that's, I think that captures the idea of death, the fear that we have of death at times, you know, especially with the guillotine. He's, he's laughing at it. Right. It's He's right. laughing at death. Yeah. So the lunatic is a good Christian. Yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't have the final say. <clears throat> Yeah, that's a good point to end there. Death does not have the final say. So, guys, let's move into our recommendation section of the podcast. Again, we this is the area where we give a rating of the film, and we also give a recommendation on who's it for, who would enjoy it, and those those types of things, and, and our reasons why. So, Greg, what is your rating in, of this film? I gave it four out of five fannies. Because it was, because it was three hours long, two hours and fifty four minutes, right? Yeah, uh, I think. Well, uh, that's why I gave it the score I did. I I thought it was a little long, but uh, but it is a movie uh, for a a moviegoer who can appreciate this type of movie. It's not. Uh, it's, it's not Thor Ragnarok. Right. It's not It's not an easily digestible movie. It's not Nacho Libre. It's something you have to, you know, really sit and study while you're watching it. Although it's pleasant to do it. The cinematography is good. The music is oh, good. Yeah. Everything's great about it. But it's, it's not an easy one mm-hmm. to just sit and watch. But it was, it was very, very good. It was just a little long uh that's that's how i see it yeah I'd, i i would agree i think you know i'd give it a, a good solid b plus a minus not because um i mean it's probably one of the most beautiful movies i've ever seen you know ever i mean terrence malick's just good with his cinematography but it's hard to watch. Like there's times where it's just flat out hard. I mean, even knowing how the story ends, because I think that was the second time I watched it with you guys. And it was like, you know how the story ends. Um, and it's just hard to watch. But yet, I think it's also necessary to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's good to see men like Franz who live their lives 
based off of principle and conviction, you know, and see mm -hmm. that in front of you and what it costs. I think I remember the same thing when I had read Metaxas's book on Bonhoeffer and mm -hmm. he just instantly became a hero of mine because, you know, you see a man of faith and conviction and principle. He's and, your father in the faith. Yeah, exactly. And so I think when we think about, oh, I could never accomplish that, you know, I can, mm -hmm. I can when pressure comes, we don't know. Like, right. When the time comes, we don't know how we'll respond, but we know that God is faithful. But so, side side rail there. But yeah, I, I just think it's a fantastic. I think everybody should watch it mm -hmm. um, at least once in their life. Um, it's a hard one to. It would be a hard one to watch on a regular basis. But really, really well done. Yeah, being three hours long, it'd probably be beneficial to wait for <laughs> after death when you have more thousands time. of years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Be buried with it so you can come back with it. Is that yep. what you're saying? Yep. Bury it in my... Well, I, I would give it 10 out of 10. And my reasons are because I, I love sad stories, mm. which perhaps we should have uh, another... We should have a genre topic episode on sad stories and how we should interpret them and, and take them. But I'd give it 10 out of 10 uh, because, well, like you guys said, it's artsy-fartsy and we could talk for much, much longer. We didn't even talk about the technical aspect of what Terrence Malick created, but it is just gorgeous. The things he does with the camera, he does on purpose. And we could talk a lot about those. So there's that aspect, but also it's it's a story about that really happens. So one of the things that I loved about it is that at the end, it's not a story that satisfies in the way that modern stories try to tell a story. And I mean by that, Franz gets beheaded. Mm -hmm. There's not a prison breakout scene. It's not one man who has the courage <laughs> to fight 50 Nazis with his fists. Right. There's He's not sweeping the damsel off of her feet. She's left alone. Like that stuff, and the kids are left fatherless. That stuff happens in the world. And the movie doesn't shy away from the reality of that mm -hmm. pain. And the, so I really appreciate that. It doesn't, it's a movie, we've praised it so much. And I think rightly so. And it's a movie that doesn't give false hope for this life, but gives the appropriate amount of hope for the next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that just, I'm so glad somebody told a story like that in the venue that Terrence Malick has. Like if you and I were to do this, nobody <laughs> would care. But Terrence Malick has the clout to do it uh, he, I love. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And another reason is that these guys don't seem like actors. When I watched it, mm -hmm. you, I was so engrossed in the storytelling because it, they felt real. Uh, it's not like is Brad Pitt right. up there or Bruce Willis or you know whoever. I don't know any of these people. Mm -hmm. They're as no name to me as Franz was before I watched this film. Mm -hmm. And they portrayed the pain and the anxiety and the angst and the courage, just as I imagined it would be in, in real life. I, I think this movie is great. Um, again, like you guys said, it's probably not for everybody. If you have young kids, it might not be for them just because of the style of movie. Right. Not necessarily the content. There's, for you parents who are listening, there's, there's no sex scenes. There's no rape. There's no torture chambers. Uh, you know, the, the sufferings of Franz are implied. They're off scene. Even his beheading isn't shown. Mm -hmm. 
so it's safe in that regard for younger kids to watch. But the maturity of the story, mm-hmm. you m- might be better off in the 12 and up, maybe, depending on yeah. your, your maturity of your kid. In that, this is a film that I would recommend if you're part of a church that has small group. Yeah. You know, take a Friday night, spend three hours and watch this film, and it will give you more than enough to talk about mm-hmm. faith in the real world. So, do you guys have any, any other recommendations or, mm. or final thoughts on? A hidden life no but you were saying that the the movie ends the way it does kind of uh you know with him at the guillotine um but attacked at the very end of the movie yeah his wife in the narration kind of preaches the gospel of the movie where she ends with uh, a time will come when we will know what all this is for there will be no mysteries we'll know why we live we'll come together We'll plant orchards, fields. We'll build the land back up. Franz, I'll meet you there in the mountains. So it ends, yes, with him dying, but with a looking, of, looking forward to restoration. And resurrection. Yeah. More to come. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to end with the words of the bride waiting for her groom. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast, where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory at protonmail.com.